Welcome to Board Game Binge. The place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content from across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Artem Stepanov from Shvili Games, a Georgia-based game studio. They have over 20 titles published, but Minashki Temple is their first Kickstarter. Artem, welcome to the bench. How you doing, sir? Thank you, James. Thank you. Uh, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, it is great to have you. So let me just start off. So you're based out of uh, Georgia, and I'll say the country, not the state. <laughs> not the state, yes. It's uh, the country and in Eastern Europe. How big is the board game industry in Georgia? It's uh, very, very small. And then how did so, you get it? Uh, so if it's small, how did you get into the board game industry? Like, how did, like, I'm trying to put these things together. Uh, well, um, Georgia is uh, the part of a uh, much bigger place, like uh, ex-USSR region, uh, yep. including R Russia, Kazakhstan, uh, Ukraine, and many other countries. And um, it, it mostly... Uh, you, using the same uh, board games, uh, uh, the, the, the same um, companies uh, that operate in, in this bigger East European region. Got it. So, so the, yeah, although so, the country itself is small in terms of board game industry, the the Eastern Bloc, I guess, as a whole is uh, yes, on, as yes. a whole is is a large market. Uh, yes. And then, how like were you, were you board gaming as a kid, or how did you get into board games? Um, I came in board games uh, in 2014, as far as I remember. So I, uh, previously I was working in uh, different sales departments of uh, video games, yeah. of distribution when video games were using uh, CD-ROMs uh, and, uh, and DVD DVDs. Uh, and uh, I was mostly uh, involved in the sales, uh, but uh, I liked uh, the idea of uh, creating a product and uh, presenting a product to the market. So uh, after I changed my work to the board games industry, I discovered a great, uh, magnificent world of modern board games, yeah. uh, which I wasn't uh, previously uh, familiar with. Uh, and I fell in love with uh, games. And I uh, also was involved in, uh, in, in, in international sales of uh, own publishers' games. Uh, and I discovered that it's um, uh, that board games are much uh, more simple uh, than creating uh, films uh, or some video games that needs uh, huge investments and huge amount of people to create. And sometimes even one person can create uh, a board game that will be uh, worldwide popular and uh, with uh, even... Uh, uh, some not maybe uh, in uh, not investing a lot in illustrations, but the yeah. key idea is the gameplay, the feelings, the emotions that uh, the game can uh, give to people. So uh, I fell in love uh, in the industry, and then I fell in love in creating games. 
because uh, the team within several people can create a product from idea uh, to the final product that can bring a lot of emotions to the players. I would say it's the probably one of the only industries. I would say actually Amazon is probably another good example of this, where a single individual uh, building their knowledge from like you know Googling and YouTube and kind of going online and seeing what other people are doing can actually create a business, right? You can do that with Amazon and uh, the board game industry. I think is a, is a great example of that as well. There are tons, if not most, of the hobby industry. Are companies of one to three people, right? Yes, and and mo yes. more often than not, it's one person, right? That's kind of bringing a team together, but it's a virtual team, and they're a company of one. So, uh, I mean, it, it's it's a it's an awesome industry to be in if you're one of those people, right? So, uh, yes. I encourage yes. anybody right. out there that's looking at getting into either creating their own game or, or want to create a, a business. Uh, mm -hmm. This is a great industry to do it in, right? Yes, yes. Uh, you need a low number of investments, but uh, as all other uh, indres, uh, industries uh, um, where people create something, it always depends of the, um, of the product. So yeah. e even very big publishers, they can create uh, best-selling games and then create um, much worse games and, uh, and so on. So it's... Uh, uh, something similar, I think, with uh, the cinema industry, where yeah. uh, still uh, companies who uh, create films for for almost a century, they uh, don't know uh, till the end whether it, it will be the bestseller uh, and super uh, uh, super super film or it will be a fail. That's a great analogy. It uh, I haven't actually heard that one before. That that's actually really good because you're right. It is like, like the movie industry. Although the movie industry, I'd say the investment to get even in a small indie film off the ground is is still pretty enormous. Um, yes. But yeah, it's kind of one of those things where you live and die based on the su success of that product. And if it crashes mm -hmm. and burns, I mean, it, it, it's a massive loss, right? And it's mm -hmm. almost like the stakes are bigger for the larger companies because they pour so much money. And they have such a machine. And I talked about this in the last episode of my of the podcast. We were talking with Pencil first. And we talked about how you can almost become a slave to the machine, right? That if you build your infrastructure up too much around, around your business and around your company of, uh, as a board gaming um, uh, publishing house, then you become a slave to that machine because you have to keep generating revenue to keep that machine running, right? And yes, this is yes, yeah, where right. being uh, the sole proprietorships or companies of one really have an advantage because you, you don't have to keep feeding the machine, right? One person can survive uh, off of just kind of going at their own pace. And as long as they're not stretching themselves too thin, they can, you know, make a good, uh, you know, a good run at this, at this hobby. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. You're right. But you also need to think always uh, if you're thinking about uh, becoming a publisher, you need uh, first to, to think about sales. Yeah. So where, where, where and how you will present to the players uh, your game. So uh, Kickstarter is uh, one of the ways. Uh, we uh, started, uh, when I started the company, uh, firstly, I've had, uh, um, I've had a partner 
uh, a big uh, distribution company who, who is working in toys, uh, mm. who is selling a, a lot of uh, toys for big uh, supermarkets uh, like Walmart. Uh, and uh, we decided that uh, my team, we will create games and we'll give uh, them to the distributor and uh, we know nothing about sales. Yeah. Uh, and, and we don't want uh, actually, one of my ideas w- uh, was that I don't want to spend time uh, in, in sales, in negotiation with uh, stores, uh, in, in marketing uh, and so on. I just want to spend uh, almost 100% time in uh, creating the product. Yeah. Um, so what got you to leave the, like, so you were working with the uh, both video game and board gaming industry, and then you went on your own. What was that inflection point? Like what, what made you decide to finally say, you know what, I'm going to do this on my own. Um. I think there were uh, several factors. Uh, uh, one of them was that uh, I really uh, liked uh, creating games yeah. because when you uh, make games for international market, uh, you need to uh, you you get feedback from partners. You return with this feedback uh, to the development team. Uh, you go to S and Gen Con and uh, in other conventions. You see what uh, ideas, what uh, themes are trending now, and you try to um, update your current de- uh, games that are in development and so on. And we you have a lot of people who are from marketing, from sales, from uh, game development who are discussing games. Uh, and it's very interesting uh, process uh, that I liked much more than spending time in sales because sales, they are m- mostly about n- negotiations with yeah. partners, uh, a lot of numbers, uh, big stress sometimes, uh, and so on. Uh, and uh, another uh, thing that I didn't like uh, working in big company was that there were too many people who have uh, uh, their own uh, idea how, how to make the game better. So sometimes uh, you also need to uh, argue with uh, another people. And uh, at, at, at some point I decided that, uh, well, I'll try to do it uh, by my own. So if I fail, I will fail. If I succeed, I will succeed. But uh, this will be uh, my, my uh, this will be uh, my decisions. So I want uh, to make the game uh, in the way that uh, I think it will be better sure. uh, for for me, for uh, players. Uh, um, and, I just uh, in some way, I think I just want to make all decisions by myself. So yeah. uh, th- this may be uh, the key reason uh, yeah, when I decided to uh, to go my my own way. Of these twenty plus games that you've published, which again I think is impressive that not even on Kickstarter, there's just twenty games published. Um, and we'll get to the Kickstarter in a second. Uh, of those 20, how many of those were your design versus kind of signing on like designers, licensees, things like this? Uh, none of them 
uh, were my design. Uh, yes, and I'm uh, not the per- I'm not the person who can uh, create a great idea for the game. Uh, I mostly uh, think that I'm that uh, yeah. that yes, I'm most uh, I'm better in producing, in developing games, yeah. in seeing uh, how I can um, develop author's idea and make um, uh, and and make a, an interesting product from it. Yeah, that, that can be interesting for uh, players. For example, um, among those uh, 20 games that you mentioned, um, I think around the half it's uh, kids' games because we started uh, from the kids' games. They are much easier to develop. Sure. Uh, they are uh, much uh, much more simple uh, components uh, in, uh, are using in them. So uh, we started development several games, and for example, uh, Minakshi Temple, which is on Kickstarter now, we also started in the year we founded uh, our company. So it's uh, it took it took us um, almost four years uh, to develop this game, and during this time, we already uh, published. Uh, 20 plus uh, another more simple <laughs> more That's simple crazy. more ca- casual family games kids games and so on and the first game that we published uh, uh, firstly it was uh, the author's idea a game about football and uh, when the author showed me uh, how it works I liked the idea how it works but I didn't like that it's a game about football because mm-hmm. your your audience is uh, very small and usually uh, regarding sport games i think that uh, um, uh, people who are interested in sport they are mostly interested in playing this sport or watching yeah. it uh, on the tv or playing uh, fifa uh, in video games and they are not very interested in board games for uh, the sport for the sport uh, i don't think i've ever we- seen one uh fun crazy high like sports games somebody will probably correct me after the, after the podcast episode airs but yeah sports games are a tough tough sell uh in uh in in, in the board game industry right it's like i i get yeah. the allure of trying to you know replicate the experience and I, i've got a buddy that uh that has a, a really good basketball game like it's really good but again it's like you know, his market's going to be very, very small. Right? He's going to have very niche because you got to find people, A, that like basketball, and then B, that would rather play basketball at a table versus just going out in the driveway and throwing a ball around, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, that's a yes. tougher, that's a tougher market, right? So, um, yes. yeah, I can so, kind so of, I can relate to that for sure. Some authors' ideas, uh, they uh, sound firstly like that. It's a game about playing football, but uh, as soon as mechanics was good, we uh, took uh, this game in development and it became the game for kids about uh, collecting their uh, some monster creatures, very cute, very Mm. funny. And the the gameplay and mechanics are the same, but... Uh, the theme, uh, the theme was changed, and uh, now the illustrations and so on. So, um, uh, 
So I like uh, to find. I wish I, uh, I was a person who can create a cool idea for <laughs> board game, uh, but I understand that it's uh, not my pros. I love the development. That's probably my favorite part of the entire uh, mix. Uh, and I've done it all, right? I've done game design, I've done game development, game publishing, mm -hmm. uh, distribution, and the development is by far, I think, the most fun of that entire mix of just kind of taking like something that works and saying, how am I going to package this in a way that I can attract mm -hmm. the most amount of people to this and still mm -hmm. make the most amount of money on this? Because again, at the end of the day, you're, you have to make money on these. So how can I do a lot of cool stuff without paying a lot of, a lot of funds into, mm -hmm. uh, into that development. Right. So it's a fun little balance. And uh, that's the part that gets me, uh, gets me excited probably the most out of the entire, the entire um, uh, process. So for, yes, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. For Minaski yeah, Temple. So this has been going for four years, which is incredible. Uh, I think I read somewhere there is like just of the, the little temple pieces alone, there's like 115 of these like little columns that are in this thing. Like it's, it's very visual. It's, it, and we said this just before we went on air, what attracted me to your campaign and the game and, and reaching out to you was I really love table presence when it comes to games, right? Like I love games mm -hmm. where you walk by and you stop and you do a double take and you say, well, what is that? Or people mm -hmm. will kind of sit, you know, kind of start circling around the table and just watch how the people play because it's like a feast of the eyes. And this game is no different. This game is a feast of the eyes. Like it is, it is awesome. So I'm going to get you to go through it. First of all, let me just say congratulations. Cause you guys, I'm going to put this in Canadian dollars because uh, it's the only way I can see it quite frankly, but you guys had a, a goal of, uh, you know, $6.7,000. You're, you're closing in on 80,000 funded and you still got another week to go. The back end hockey stick will, uh, probably bring that up another 30 to 50%. So you're going to end very, very strong in this campaign. Um, so congrats on that. That is, that is awesome. Yeah, especially for your first Kickstarter, not your first game, obviously, but your first Kickstarter. But can you walk us through uh, where the, like how this came together? So A, where the idea came from, um, uh, did it, was it always the, a temple in terms of the theme or was there like a, another game that you said, hey, I think we can wrap a theme around that or how did that kind of come together? Uh, the author of the game, uh, Pavel Atmanchuk, uh, he came to us in 2019 with the idea of uh, mid-heavy Euro game yeah. of constructing uh, an ancient temple. Uh, but in his uh, original idea, it was a Roman or some Greek temple with yeah. uh, uh, Greek and Roman gods uh, like Mars, Zeus uh, and others. And um, uh, we liked the gameplay very much. Um, uh, the idea of uh, three, uh, three dimensions construction also. Uh, but uh, when I uh, started thinking about how to illustrate the game uh, and I was uh, trying to find um, any idea of what uh, temple it can be, it appeared that mostly all Greek and uh, Roman uh, temples, they are mostly white. They don't have uh, several floors. They usually yeah. have just one floor with a big uh, hole in it. So, and all the statues mostly white. And uh, the statues, uh, because of the game mechanics, they should be more colorful because uh, there are five uh, colors of actions in the game and five colors of statues. And players uh, choose one of them, and it all. all 
and everything depends on another component. So I uh, started web, web searching for different uh, ancient uh, constructions, ancient monuments, uh, ancient temples. And uh, after uh, a few days, uh, I discovered the Minakshi temple. So uh, at the first, uh, w w when I uh, saw it for the first time, it was just, wow, it was a perfect hit uh, in our mechanics. Because uh, the original Minakshi temple is an ancient uh, masterpiece of uh, Indian culture. And uh, it uh, has a lot of temples, uh, a, lo a lot of towers around the temple. And uh, every player uh, constructs its own tower. Uh, yeah. in, in, in this way, it makes sense. Also, it has uh, several floors. And as everything in India, it's very colorful, very bright, uh, with the beautiful statues of Indian deities. So it was just uh, a perfect hit uh, for the theme of the game. And uh, later, it guidelined us uh, also in developing uh, game mechanics. It looks awesome. How do you like, so how do you play? So you've got like, there's the main kind of player board where it looks like there's a bit of like uh, worker place, maybe action selection. And then uh, you've got the towers off to the side. So how do those two things kind of work together? And then how do you kind of score the, the main points? Uh, the core mechanic of the game is uh, action selection board. Yeah. Where it's uh, uh, like Rado uh, said in his review, it's uh, uh, updated King Domino uh, gameplay. So in, in King Domino, you choose uh, the level uh, every turn, and uh, the higher you go, so you, you will be the first uh, to choose the next turn. Uh, and uh, in our game, uh, you can see what actions and what bonuses are available for this turn. And also, you can see what actions and bonuses will be available next turn. So you always uh, have uh, one turn forward uh, to think about, to mm. um, maybe to uh, choose less bonuses this turn, but be the first to choose next turn, and, and so on. And there are just uh, five actions in the game. Some of the actions, they uh, give you opportunity to get uh, extra deity statues to your storage. So firstly, when you get uh, the statues, uh, you, you have to put them in uh, your storage on your player board. Mm -hmm. uh, some actions give you opportunity to construct. So uh, you just take statues from your um, uh, storage and put it on the current level uh, of your temple. Uh, another action uh, gives you different uh, blessings from deities. For example, if you have... Uh, more uh, statues of Shiva uh, you, on your current level than other players. The Shiva will uh, give you some bonuses. Uh, and uh, uh, another action gives you opportunity to put uh, a slab on the current level to start a new level. And all, all the things, uh, they are uh, well combined because you have uh, uh, your own secret goal for uh, for every um, uh, level of your tower, yep. and if you if your uh, 
make the right uh, put, put the right statues will get extra victory points and you get victory points for every statue uh, put it on the uh, place on the current level uh, so uh, it's um, I, th I think it's mostly the combination of uh, choosing uh, the right uh, the optimal um, action this yeah. turn and planning uh, some actions for the next turns, and uh, um, the, the idea of uh, of putting the right statues on the right uh, spots on the current level, because uh, if you put a white statue on the white spot, you will get extra victory points uh, and so on. So, so with these uh, cards that you draft, so each level, I'm going to refer to them as cards because it's like a card, right? That goes almost yes, like yes. somebody's like stacking playing cards. You would have like yes. one level. It's got, you know, several spots on the card to represent different colors of columns. So what mm -hmm. I hear you saying is that you can put any columns on there, but you're going to score more if you can actually match the colors. Yes. Yes, yeah, right. and then once you fill those in, then you place the next card on top, and then that next card also has a pattern on it, and so forth. And you can how many levels up would somebody typically build in a game? Um, well, it depends uh, actually of the players, because for example, some uh, uh, secret goal cards uh, they give you extra victory points uh, mm -hmm. if you don't have uh, any space left on the level. Some cards they give you victory points for uh, if you have from three to five uh, statues on the level, yeah. and it depends on uh, on the strategy of the player. Uh, uh, sometimes it can finish uh, when uh, almost all players have uh, the seventh level, uh, and uh, sometimes just three or four. It, de it depends on, on the game. How sturdy are these towers once they're built? They are very sturdy. So we, uh, I think we play tested more than one, 150 okay. play, play tests just offline, yeah. not using tabletop simulator for uh, uh, play testing. And uh, actually there was, uh, I don't remember that uh, we, we had problems with uh, stability. So it's, or pieces uh, not go flying or anything like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, if you hit the table, uh, they can uh, go down, but yep. uh, you get victory points during the game and you uh, mark uh, them during the game. So even... Uh, if you have uh, in some way your tower ruined, you you just need to uh, get uh, the highest uh, level and you can continue. So, Got it. so it's also no problem for for gameplay if if someone uh, uh, spoils everything. Oh, that's cool. So you know, once in this campaign, I mean, it's going to wrap up next week, and uh, I mean, again, it looks it looks awesome. What is next Thank for you guys? Like what? Because you're a publisher, right? So you've done this is twenty some odd games. You've got this game now that's coming. What comes after this? Like what's the next kind of thing for you guys? Uh, well, first of all, we are um, currently more concentrated in the games that uh, give you a lot of emotions mm. in uh, one uh, maximum one 
and a half hour. So uh, I'm like uh, I'm as every father we who have kids. Yeah, uh, it's a big problem to find some time for playing board games. And uh, I like very much Eclipse, Star Wars Rebellion, and so on. But usually I have one or two game nights during the year when I have enough time to play them. Yeah. So um, our goal is to make games that give you a lot of emotions and you can uh, quickly explain the rules in five, seven minutes and play it in 60 minutes. Um, uh, our ne- next game that we plan to launch uh, this summer uh, it's a game about uh, space colonization oh, cool. um, <clears throat> yeah uh, it's a key uh, selling point that it has um, around 16 uh, races di- different races uh, in the base game, uh, not, uh, and also we will have a, a, an expansion for Kickstarter. And every race is unique. Um, uh, every uh, race they usually uh, so players choose one race for the game. It's in, uh, it's something like Cosmic Encounter, mm. uh, and uh, they have uh, the base idea every turn. There is a new. Uh, planet opened with uh, uh, some amount of resources uh, and uh, the players choose to decide uh, what resource they want to get or they want to pass and so on and if a lot of players they are um, choosing uh, the same uh, resource they uh, just get uh, very small of it Um, and all the races they have uh, different abilities. For example, some, one of the races it's uh, Xenos, uh, something like aliens. They just don't need resources. They want to yeah. uh, k- kill all other races there that uh, are building colonies on this planet. And uh, all other players, uh, uh, they need to think about whether. Uh, Xenos uh, will go uh, this turn or next turn, will go to kill them. uh, And they need to decide what's the best, um, what the best action for this turn and so on. So it has a huge replayability. uh, And uh, it's not the type of game uh, where you need to have a strategy from first to last turn when you need to think a lot and so on. You just need to uh, understand what's the best uh, action and optimal action you can do this turn uh, regarding the situation on the table uh, this turn. Now, would this go on Kickstarter as well? Do you guys plan a Kickstarter for that one? Yes, yes. For for uh, this one, we also plan Kickstarter because I think that it... Uh, it's okay uh, for Kickstarter audience because it has uh, a lot of races. We can make a lot of stretch goals. Uh, and uh, also a game has a lot of illustrations on the cards. And I think that uh, usually uh, people on Kickstarter, they like uh, uh, the games with a big amount of uh, illustrations. Yeah. Well, for those who want to check out the current Kickstarter, Minashki Temple, I encourage them just to just check it out and, and see if this is something that might be for them. 
Again, I was blown away by the visual of this game. I'm going to put a link to that Kickstarter in the show notes so to make it easy for people to find. If you want to type it in, just type in M-E-E-N and then search and you'll come across it that way as well on Kickstarter. Uh, Artem, I want to wish you all the best with this campaign. Can't wait to see how this ends. And I want to wish you and your team all the best for this coming year. Thank you. Thank you very much, James. All right, my friend, you take care. Take Cheers. care. Bye-bye. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply subscribe to our YouTube channel, Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time. Oh, 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 oh,